Remember, imitations are never as good as the originals. Welcome to the Nicholas Natalie Show. About a year and a half ago, I made one of the best worst business deals I've ever made. Not that it was necessarily bad, not that both parties were unhappy. In fact, it was actually maybe a bit too fair. If you remember back to episode 66, I interviewed a man named Scott Anderson, a business coach, and I ended up making a deal with him because I needed some advice. I needed his business knowledge. And what I ended up trading him was, oh man, 20 ad slots for one phone call with him. One one hour phone call. And at the time, his hourly rate was $500. That's what it would take to have a one-on-one meeting with him. And I did the math. I didn't want to not give him a good deal. I did the math, and for what the podcast was at viewership-wise, then it would take about 20 ad slots in order for me to get to $500. And so we made this deal, and it was a tremendous amount of work (laughs) to write these ads and record these ads and put them in every single episode uh, thereafter. I think it was about 10 episodes. We had a 10-episode deal for this one phone call. And even when you go back today, they're still in there. I'm pretty sure podcasting advertisements now are on a, a cycle of sorts. You know, most streaming services just pop ads into them, but I hard recorded them into each of the episodes. So they'll probably live there forever, if I'm being honest. There's 20 ads that are going to be on the internet for the rest of the eternity. Scott was gracious enough to bless me with four phone calls, three of which I've already taken him up on. And our first phone call together, we talked about what goals I had, what financial goals, what kind of life goals I was trying to achieve. And we brainstormed some of the ideas of how I could earn the revenue I was trying to earn. And not only earn this revenue, but do it in a way that seemed like a natural fit, not something that I didn't have experience in, not something that I was going to have to alter my life in crazy ways and bend over backwards in order to make something possible, but something that was going to provide value to a group of people that I could ultimately have a monetary return on. And out of all of the ideas that were brainstormed during that phone call, the standout was clearly a course, and more particularly, a course that would allow people to become debt-free. See, I do have this unique experience of getting out of debt insanely fast. I would even go on to say that it is an expertise of mine. I understand it. I've lived it. I've done it, and I've helped others do the same. Now, this was the start of something that was going to snowball in a way that I could not anticipate. I accepted this challenge, and I began mulling on how I could create a debt course. Now, to be honest with you, I wasn't on board fully to begin with. I had already had my hands full with some acting things, with the podcast. Even 66 episodes deep, I was still barely scratching the surface on 
having a solidified process. And even today, I'd still say it's being refined. I was working my full-time job. And at the time, I was still trying to run and start a software company. So the timing seemed ill, but ultimately I came around to the idea and I started working on this debt-free course in February of 2021. Now my biggest priority with creating this course was to provide a transformation for people. A transformation of someone who is in debt and maybe even unaware of how to be financially wise to someone who is out of debt and has the confidence to make their own financial decisions because they know which moves to make. And so I studied, I studied how to create courses, I created lessons, and I created a script, and I created outlines, and I created a PowerPoint, and I created all these videos. Eventually, I made this course and... To be frank, I'm incredibly proud of this course, but that's what I got wrong. What I got wrong was I thought that was going to be the most difficult aspect of that process. My understanding was as soon as the course was created, there were going to be people lined up to buy this course because obviously it provides value. And naturally, people who are in debt, I would assume, want to be out of debt. And now I'm going to fast forward to two weeks ago, my realization. Now, I believe this course is insanely valuable. I believe this course can change lives. And I believe this course is one of the greatest things that I have personally created in my lifetime thus far. It's very beneficial. On the flip side, as a business investment, I created a solution to solve a problem for people without money. Let me say this. If you take a look at the majority of businesses, they solve problems for people with disposable income. Or the most lucrative ones solve problems for people that are wealthy. If you can solve a problem for a rich person, you will get paid. Now backtrack to beginning to create the course. I made a lot of mistakes creating this course. And I don't know if I will bore you with every single detail, but I'll do my best to bore you with at least a handful that may be transferable to you in some way. One of the initial problems that I ran into when creating this course was having the inability to find a course hosting platform that would allow you to track users for digital ads. Many of these course hosting platforms, they could say, hey, you can install your Facebook pixel into our site and we'll track some stuff. But in all reality, it was bare bones. It wouldn't be able to track when somebody clicked on a button. I wouldn't really know how far someone got in my landing page. And this information is vital for someone who is just trying to understand who their audience is. I spent months trying to pay for digital ads. shouldn't say try. I spent months paying for digital ads and trying to find the right audience. And I can't say I succeeded. And this was meant to be my crutch. In July of last year, I quit my job. And I want to talk about that process. 
Because I feel for many of us who have been in a nine to five or a job in general that they either feel like their time is up there, but they're not quite sure they're ready to take the jump or if it's the right fit for them, or they would just like more freedom and want to pursue entrepreneurship. I'm going to talk through what I did before my decision, how I made the decision and how I felt after and before the decision. Leading up to leaving my job was difficult. It's hard to walk away from security. I had all the benefits you could imagine at my last job. I had employer matching up to 5%. I had flexibility to some degree. I could take every other Friday off. That's nice, as long as I worked nine hours instead of eight for the remaining uh, other days, remaining nine days in the pay period. It paid well. It was consistent. Uh, I was paid bi-weekly. And honestly, it wasn't all that stressful outside of the culture. It was tolerable. And I began to not only resent my job, but also resent myself in a way. Whether it's healthy or not, I'm not sure. But I often reflect on who I envisioned myself to be when I was younger. And when you're a kid, it's easier to think of endless possibilities. It's easier to dream big. It's easier to fixate your eyes on the things that you're passionate about. And somewhere along my journey, I was a little bit wrapped up in security. I really wanted to go off on my own. I really wanted to make acting work. The pandemic happened, and that was a a great excuse for me to hold on to my secure job. I mean, it was an uncertain time. I'll let myself have that one. But as time progressed, I couldn't help but feel that my potential was being wasted. And not in like... (laughs) Like I have an immense amount of talents to that need to be shared with the world immediately or the world is going to collapse. But I do feel a responsibility that I have a heart to create meaningful things. And I think at the core of it is finding a way to align passions with aiding people on their journey to pursue the things they're passionate about. And it was a tough call for most of the people in my life they did not quite think that pulling the trigger when I did was the right decision. But you know this, there's no right time for anything. There isn't. There's these false ideas of once I have this perfect scenario in my head, then that'll be the right time. And I and even more recently feel this, but I've always felt this, have an acute sense of our mortality. There's only so much time we have here on Earth. That's a fact. And one year more in a job may have benefited me financially, and I'm, sh- I'm sure it would have, 
but would it have benefited me in the personal development that I needed? Would it have pushed me to take bigger risks to pursue a deeper love for life even? I ended up having the conversation with my manager. I quit my job. And when I put my two weeks in, I suddenly felt incredibly anxious. And I have never felt anxiousness before. I understand that I'm somewhat blessed by that, but I've never been a worrier. I've never really been the anxious type. But for those two weeks, it became really real that there's no guarantee of anything as soon as this job stops. It was a hard line in the sand. And I felt it. And I thought that I was going to maybe get used to it. Like maybe it was just the anxiousness of, you know, I don't know how people are going to respond at my work. I'll give you the insight to that. Nobody cared. More details on that to come. And I thought I was just going to have this anxiousness dissipate quickly. But it didn't. You know, there is this sense of unknown that is intimidating and scary and frightening. But there's another side to it that's quite a rush. There's something powerful in knowing that the control is mine. The freedom is mine. The decisions are mine. All of the responsibility is mine. The success of my projects is mine. The failure of my projects is mine. All of it is suddenly now mine and not laid at the feet of the excuse of, well, my nine to five, you know, takes up a lot of time for me to be successful. I can't fall on that crutch anymore. Can't lean on it. So the practical steps that I took before quitting my job was I saved up a six month emergency fund. And I calculated that by going through my monthly expenses, taking an average what I consistently spend and saving that up, keeping that cash liquid. And then once I had that, I pulled the trigger. And I have been living on that since. Something else I did during that time was I prepared myself mentally. I understand that Murphy's Law is a real thing. Anything that can happen will happen. And let me tell you, uh, it happened. About two and a half months into trying to have this course become a success, taken the world by storm, um, my, the plumbing in my apartment blew up and I was out of a home for a month. I jumped from couch to couch and I'm not saying this for sympathy, but I'm saying this for how fast I had to learn that when you don't have the space or time to work and create a system for you to generate income, it will not happen. Unfortunately, I do believe in the long term, that is a problem. I shouldn't be at the core of all of my solutions or all the solutions that are generating money. However, in those first two months and not having a place, that was 
uncomfortable. There was no way to know when it was going to be resolved, if it was going to be resolved, or how long it was going to last. And it put a really hard halt on the progression of the course. And to get the course off the ground, I've tried just about everything you could think of, except for I did it all backwards. It's my first course. You expect me to know everything? Come on now. I ran digital ads. I created content specific to the niche. I've created free tutorials. I've given out freebies. I've created landing pages. I created sales funnels. I created webinars. I created everything under the sun to get this thing off the ground. And once I finally felt like I was starting to find a sales funnel that worked, my external hard drive that contained a year and a half worth of work on it, including short films, course, the course, uh, any of the videos that I had created, suddenly vanished. And it's been an ongoing battle to work with the data recovery service to reclaim this work. This episode is meant to be transparent and vulnerable in a way that shows trying to generate income for yourself by pursuing your passions is not easy in any sense. But it's possible, and I've made a lot of mistakes, and I don't have it figured out, but maybe some of these mistakes will help you. When I reflect on the various things that I'm trying to pursue, social media, YouTube, podcast, acting, entrepreneurship, investing, when I ask myself what's working, what's not working, is it scaling, can it scale, what am I missing, what am I doing right, what am I doing wrong, it has become easier to see where things are falling through the cracks. Asking myself these questions has given me a sense of greater accountability. Similar to that quote of, you can't be mad about the results you didn't work for, or it's similar to that in that I'm working for these things, but sometimes I miss things. And those, miss thi- those things that are missed are costly. And sometimes it's intentionally missed. I think in my acting career thus far, I've had a great run in regards to finding small local commercials, and I have aspirations to join larger projects. However, I haven't submitted to any agents in over a year. Granted, I've had some experiences that have made me hesitant to trust (laughs) The film industry in many ways, uh, finding myself with the wrong people at the wrong place. However, I can't be upset that I'm not landing larger gigs if I'm not setting myself up to be in a position to land large gigs. Does this make sense? I can't be upset that my YouTube videos aren't having a longer watch time if I'm not following the formula of having a strong hook in the first 15 seconds and giving a promise in the beginning of the video that something is going to happen at the end of the video to engage viewers, to provide a list or a continued progression of things throughout the video that keep people watching. All of these things that I've learned over the years that I've seen the pros do and do it well, but have failed to replicate in my own way. And I can't be upset if I don't follow those 
practical formulas. Something else that I've learned during my time of solopreneurship is creating boundaries, creating strong boundaries. And I have to be honest that I'm not the best at it, still working on it. But there was a handful of moments that made me understand the value and the importance, especially in entrepreneurship, especially for solopreneurs, why it's important to create strong boundaries. There were two times, very specific in my head, where I had a deadline waiting for me and I chose to give someone else my time despite wanting to, despite having the time. And I realized, and I don't mean this in like a skeptical or woe is me kind of way, but no one is going to care if my business succeeds or does not succeed. Nobody's gonna care if my business fails. I'm gonna care. I'm going to be left with those wounds. I'm going to be left with that reality for myself. And the only person I have to blame is myself for not establishing stronger boundaries with my time, with my resources. Zara Carson, who you heard from the last episode, we chatted a little bit after and she gave me uh, really valuable advice about creating boundaries. I'm going to share them with you. I'm going to assume she doesn't mind because it was such such great advice. She said, when you're in a situation where you have to establish boundaries or you're thinking about what to do, she said, ask yourself these three questions. Do I want to give it is the first one. Do I even want to do this thing? That could be a hard no right there. <laughs> if it's not a heck yes, it's a absolutely not, as they say. Do I want to give it? Let's say it's a yeah. Let's say yes, you do. Do I have it to give? Do you have the resources? Do you have the time? Do you have whatever it is that they're asking of you? Do you have it to give? Is this something you can even provide? In my case, it would have been no to both of those questions so far. But if it were yes, if yes, under what conditions will I give it? I've always been this way, but I love having end times to things. Like I love having a social gathering and saying, hey, this is going to go from 6 to 9 p.m. Because those are the conditions I know I can create. I can help you from this allotted time. And I think for part of us, there's a sense of worry. We don't want to hurt their feelings. Maybe we want to people please. We want to be there for them. But sometimes you can't. And I think sometimes, regardless of what you do, feelings can get hurt in a non-malicious way. Sometimes you simply do not have the resources or time to give. And that's all right. But it's important you create those boundaries and you communicate them. The next thing I want to talk about is supplementing my income. I haven't been able to do it fully. However, I have found freelancing has taught me that there are a million ways to make money. 
but we have to choose the ones we want. I think for many people, making money is the end-all be-all, but I'm not quite sold by that. I think how we make money, the journey we choose to take, is just as important as creating a living for ourselves. Speaking of making a living, let's talk about the Business Insider article that came out. If you haven't seen it, there is a Business Insider article on my journey to pay off debt, living in a van, and raising my net worth. And I feel like the perception has changed a little bit as to <laughs> my my status, my wealth status. Uh, some of the people that are in my circle but not my close circle are saying that I'm rich or balling, and I want to say that is the furthest thing from the truth. None of the money that I have or any of the money that is mentioned in that article is liquid. I don't have it. I have it, but it's not in anything that I can touch. That's the That was the discipline curse that I blessed myself with. Here's, here's this money in these investments, but uh, don't touch it hands off hands off stinky when that article came out first of all that whole article process was enjoyable for me but it was very long uh, and I'm incredibly grateful for the entire process Iona killed it my friend Troy hooking it up whispering compliments behind my back I'm very grateful for that opportunity when the article came out I tried very hard to celebrate that win because <laughs> I usually don't celebrate wins. So if, when it came out, I sat with it. I was like, this is great. You know, this is a very nice thing that has happened. So I'm going to hold on to that. However, in the back of my mind, <laughs> and it's not anything bad. Uh, in the back of my mind, I, I felt like I had this awareness that most careers, I should say, are not defined in a single moment. I don't think I quite believe in a big break. Maybe in a big break role, people have standout roles, but there's so much in between the time where you start and the time where you break free. This one single data point with this article is a tremendous step in the right direction. However, I had no expectations for it to change my life. Drastically, at least. The next question I usually get is, are you getting a lot of sales from that article? Three people hit me up, all asking for free financial consultations. Many others congratulated me for being in the article, which I am very, very grateful for. And actually, it was very heartwarming. All, uh, all the people that said congratulations to me, I really appreciated that. It meant a lot to me. However, from a business perspective, that article <laughs> got people stirred up in Facebook comments on Business Insider's Facebook page, battling back and forth between... This is what's wrong with America. This man had to live like a homeless person to pay off his debt to this man is the is the greatest. Look at him as he takes responsibility for his debt and doesn't take no for an answer and rely on something else. 
And none of them reached out to me for help with their finances. Just to put things in perspective, uh, I bring that up to say I don't want there to be misconceptions that I'm further along than I am. I want to hold on to this transparency for as long as I have it. As much as I am unsatisfied with where I am at today, I understand that when that big break does happen, it cannot unhappen. When listeners roll in, when followers roll in, when attention rolls in, when influence rolls in, it's, I imagine it's more difficult to get rid of. Life can change, and when it does, I'll hopefully have the experience and the maturity to handle it. That being said, there are two pressing things that I am currently working on feverously. The first being an investment course. I feel like I'm already doing a much better job of avoiding the mistakes that I made the first time around with the debt course, which is reassuring that <laughs> social proof that I'm learning something while I'm doing these things. So that's nice. I believe it's going to be incredibly valuable and I'm hoping to avoid the marketing mistakes that I made as well. And I'm hopefully going to provide an opportunity for a handful of individuals, maybe 15 or 20 to be part of the pilot group. Get a first crack at it for free. If you would like that to be you, please uh, feel free to DM me. And I'll give you the details of what that entails. The other thing that is pressing is, although that I am bringing in a small amount of income through freelancing, not enough to cover all of my expenses, it's a mixture of emergency fund and freelancing, I am going to return back to the job force. And I am disappointed by that, truly. I feel like I'm disappointing myself in letting go of this time, letting go of this feeling of freedom. I cannot tell you how energizing it feels to not have to answer to anyone to not have to be there at a certain time to work within my productive hours. And I'm trying to be diligent to not feel like a failure, but to view this as the next progression forward to stimulate what I have going now. I received some advice that a good way to look at it is to view your day job as a 40 hour a week client and then take care of your side hustles as your other 40 hour a week <laughs> job. Something that I have found that has grown in me from this experience is I have, I already had an incredibly high risk tolerance but after this experience, I feel like it's become even higher. And the reason I say that is because I was so fearful of what would happen if I didn't have a steady paycheck. But so far, 
I haven't gone hungry. I found a way to make money, albeit not enough, but promising. I've spent more time working on the things that I love than I ever have before. Every decision in my day is truly my own. And I am bound by nothing. I'm not bound by vacation time. I'm not bound by a place of work. And what I used to perceive as security, when faced with the comparison of the freedom that I have today, And the ability to take risks and to see scale in such a grander way, it's going to be very difficult for me to go back to that. But alas, your boy needs some cash flow. And with this cash flow, everything will be back in order. Everything will have the opportunity to grow at a faster rate because after all, what is a startup without capital? Hopefully this has been enough of a transparent account to inspire you to ask yourself the tough questions. What do you want? What are you searching for? The time we have is limited. Chase after the things that you love to do. It's all we can do. Love others deeply. Take the jump, even if you're scared. Calculated risk, of course. I'm not telling you to do anything irrational. Please get all of your ducks in a row and do the logical thinking for yourself. But don't do all the math. Don't work through all the decisions to just hold on to it. If the answer is clear, trust it. Trust your gut. Trust the people around you. This life has so many opportunities for excitement, for fulfillment, for interacting with people that you enjoy to be around, or interacting with people you never thought you'd be around, but you enjoy their company. There's so much good in this life that if we had the gall to chase it, we might find ourselves with a little sliver of joy. That's all I have for this week. Hope you're well. Goodbye. Bye.